0: Hi, I'm Brett Terpstra, and this is Systematic on 5x5. Bandwidth for October has been provided by Cashfly, the fastest, most reliable CDN in the business. Cashfly delivers all of our content here at 5x5, and they really are the best. Check them out at cashfly.com and let them know you heard about them on 5x5. I can't believe I've, I may have forgotten how to say your last name. It's, a, it's Rhodey. That's what I was going to say, but I feel Dad. like at some point I got it wrong in my head and it got stuck there. <laughs> so my guest this week is Mike Rohde. He is the author of the Sketchnotes Notes uh, series, and I guess he's best known for the Sketch Note Handbook and Workbook. How's it going, Mike? Going great. How's the Midwest?
1: No, it's doing pretty good. It's uh, fall now, so we've uh, I'm starting to see the change in the leaves, and it was uh, we had a sudden cold front come through Milwaukee yesterday, which the summer people hate it, and I love because I love the fall. So,
0: Yeah, I I had to uh, turn the heat on yesterday, which is always, like, the first time you turn it on for the season, there's yeah. a certain resignation to that. But yeah. this is the only season that I would miss if I were to move out of the Midwest.
1: That's interesting. I think I'm the same way, yeah. I like having seasons that's sort of a good uh, measure of cycles, I think. Yes.
0: And fall is, I could actually live with fall all year round. Like the, the, the part of fall right before all the leaves fall. Right in between. Yeah. The in-betweens time. That one week we get where everything's beautiful before it
1: turns dead. We got to move to Rivendell because it's always perpetual fall there. Right. Are you talking about (laughs) like Harry Potter or I mean, Lord of the Rings? Yeah. I think that's right. Isn't uh, Rivendell. It's perpetual fall. I don't know. I think it is, because there's always leaves falling, like if you watch the movies, which maybe you like I, or don't like. But Yeah, I do. I like them, but that's so nerdy. Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> <but> Maybe <laughs> oh.
0: someone will appreciate that out there. I don't know. Oh, someone will. Someone will be like, yes! <laughs> so uh, so you just put out the, uh, let's see, which one is it?
1: What's the newest one? So it's a sketchnote workbook. Right. And uh, it came out in uh middle of August. It's been, uh, it's been a little while, a couple, about a month and a half.
0: That's actually pretty recent so. in, yeah. in, in my time. Um, if I was going to release books, actually, I have a book out and with uh, David Sparks that I still say, well, up until recently, I said it was recently published and that was a year after it came out. So I don't put on enough books to, <laughs> to let them go that easily. So, you documented the process of writing this book, and I enjoyed watching it as it came through Flickr. You were posting to Instagram, and I'll link that in the show notes, but every day, you pretty much took a picture
1: every day, didn't you? I tried to. I I don't know if I was uh, consciously trying to do it every day, but I think it sort of worked out that way. It was such an intense process. It's nine months of kind of intensity from beginning to end, and the cycle changes as you go through the process, so for me, it starts with writing and then once the manuscript is together, then it moves to um, sketching. So I sketch the whole book as thumbnails and then uh, ink all the pieces and then built. And there was some mixing of, of phases in there too, of course. Um, but uh, yeah, I tried to be... I, I had such a good time doing it on the handbook, the first book. And people who followed me in different places seemed to really enjoy it too. So I thought, hey, I'm having fun. They're enjoying it. Let's, uh, let's do it again. And then about every... Every couple of weeks, I would sort of gather all the, all the images, like the key images that I liked, and sort of describe where I was in the process in a blog post on my on my site. So that would go out to the people that are on the email list and anybody who's got the RSS feed. So it was a way of sort of combining everything together. Um, and the new thing I did this year was uh, I used Tumblr a little more. So I was writing in between, so you have these uh, sort of atomic... Uh, images on Instagram, which is nice because um, you can uh, post those out to both Twitter, uh, Flickr, f- Facebook, and Tumblr. So they'll all appear in those places from one location, which is pretty handy. Um, and then uh, I could sort of gather all those together for the big post. But I, the Tumblr was nice because I could write my thoughts in between so they were sort of not a long post and I have to worry about editing so much. Um, right. And it was a way of just capturing – like if I was frustrated or something good happened or whatever, I could write that and just the Tumblr people would see that, which that's probably the, the lowest uh, followers were there. But it was just kind of a fun experiment. I like experimenting. So uh, that fit my my approach.
0: That's, that's kind of what I use uh, Facebook for. And none mm-hmm. of my friends appreciate that. <laughs> I'm like that. that's my venting ground or my place where I put snippets of ideas and, and mm-hmm. people that I talk to in real life. Always say, I have no idea what you are talking about on Facebook, and I say that's okay because you know that that account's burnable to
1: me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I I do post there too, and I just every now and then I check on on uh, mentions or comments or messages. So it's it's sort of a tertiary location for me in a lot of ways.
0: I I uh, I take it so seriously that I put up a page for my dog. Nice. And, uh, it's at facebook.com slash Emma Sophia Terpstra. And when I anthropomorphize her, I, um, I post there in her voice. Ah, gotcha. And, uh, sometimes she swears and she gets a little, uh, crude, (laughs) but anyway, I'll I'll link that just in case anyone cares. Um, okay. So you, you documented like all this sketching that you did. And I should mention that for anyone who hasn't seen this, um, Well, either of these books or, or your work in sketching, um, basically it's the process of writing this book was probably a lot harder than just putting words down because you sketched these kind of elaborate designs on every page of the book. Like the story is told through, through what you're advocating as a note-taking technique. Like you actually wrote a book in it, which I think is uh, not only admirable. I I think it's crazy.
1: Yeah, it's there were there were moments. Believe me, when I thought am I crazy? But um, fortunately, it was probably more of that in during the handbook, which is the first book, because I would never done any of this before. Uh, the one thing I had going for me is uh, as a an old print designer and a designer for many years. I still do design work. Um, I have a process that I follow, and I. I uh, followed that process, and that was the one thing that kept me you know, feeling like I could pull it off. Like, well, I've done projects this way. I've done other stuff this way. Why wouldn't I do my book this way? And um, using the idea of, you know, you start with a description, so writing text and thinking out loud and then sketching, and then turning that into actual production work was a good process for me. So it just made sense to continue that process. So, yeah, it was a little crazy. Um, it's a little bit more than a typical author might do. Um, And there's pluses and minuses. You know, you always have trade-offs. So on the plus side, um, I had control over the whole book all the way up to production. Like I delivered the actual um, InDesign files to the printer at the end that I produced and laid out and organized. So it was a lot of work, but because I had those skills, fortunately having done design work, it gave me the ability to control every detail, which is really great. Like lots of authors would love to do that uh, if they could, and it's just not an option a lot of times for them Uh, partly because maybe the publisher doesn't work that way or they don't have the skills or both, right? So, um, And it also made it fit sort of this approach of sketchnoting in a lot of ways um, to have, you know, I have a typeface in my handwriting that I use for the text, so it feels very much like, uh, in a lot of ways, like a comic book and in other ways sort of like a sketch note or a document that was produced by a person, which I really like, and I think people respond well to that. So yeah, it's different in a lot of ways. And, you know, Peach Pit um, typically is a tech press. I think they're trying to look for more um, evergreen topics like this uh, that are not so tied to technology because, you know, as you know, it changes so often um, that it makes publishing challenging, uh, <laughs> especially when you're fighting against the internet, right, where you can immediately have those things up in a, in a digital way. So uh, they really liked this idea, and they were really flexible with the book, uh, allowing for lots of interesting things they normally didn't do, like um, using two-color instead of full-color, four-color process. So I didn't have pic- uh, color images other than black or orange. Uh, we also were able to go with thicker paper stock. Uh, we went with a cream-colored stock. So that's all those things are a little bit different. And then finally, um, the cover has an interesting coating that feels sort of velvety and we were able to round the corners a lot like uh, sort of like the Moleskine notebooks that I like to use. So it's kind of a distinctive book when you see it and feel it. It's very different than other books. So I think that's a real positive for it.
0: When I worked as a designer, I did a lot of uh, a print and press work. And I know that that kind of uh, the heavier stocks and the rounded corners and the, the coatings on the cover are not cheap. No, uh, it's a, Somehow you managed to sell the paper book. I think it's like $22 on Amazon. Yeah. What's the secret?
1: Well, I think a lot of it was the trade-off. So the interior, instead of doing four-color process where you're running four inks on a press, and for those who don't know, that's uh, cyan, magenta, yellow, and black. And when you combine those with with uh, little dot patterns and in solids, you can produce lots a very big span of colors. So any magazine you look at, if you get a little magnifier and look at a picture you can see that there's little dots that are being combined to produce that image that you don't normally see with your eye but it's there um to have to run four units like that on this large run has a certain price so the trade-off was well we give away two colors which would be you know magenta and cyan or something and in place of yellow we use orange and then we maintain the black so you sort of go from a four color interior to a two color so there you get some savings and uh and I think they felt like um, the cost justification was worth worth it for the cover going a little heavier and the paper stock. So I think it maybe it was maybe it was about the same. Maybe it was a little more than normal, but uh, you know they account for all that stuff and you know adjust the price a little bit to make sure that they cover themselves. And I think they did okay. I think the book sold really well, so that certainly paid off in that sense.
0: Yeah, I and I have a copy of it, and it is. I mean, even just physically. It's beautiful. Like it makes you want to – actually at first it's almost intimidating because it's too pretty to crack the binding on. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, really the the weight of the pages is very – it's very reassuring. makes
1: you feel like whoever wrote it knows what they're talking about. That's good. And a little little secret uh, hack that you can do is um, if you have kids or you have like kitchen wipes, you can actually wipe the cover. There's some kind of a plastic coating to make that velvet feel. And uh, I've tested it out with baby wipes because we have kids. And if I get thumb prints or anything like that, you just wipe it and it comes right <laughs> comes right off. It's pretty cool.
0: Nice, nice. Keep it looking like a nice coffee table book. That's right. All right. So let's see. You also had a
1: a moleskin handbook. What was the story there? So that was an interesting little thing. I'd written the handbook, the sketch note handbook, and uh, I've been friends with moleskin for a couple of years. We've talked about things, and they like, of course, that I use moleskins very often and uh, like the, you know, the way the community that I'm building is going and just think it's a good symbiotic relationship that we can help each other, right? So uh, they reached out and said, hey, uh, you know, we've never been to South by Southwest um, and we would really like to go. And we were thinking about doing some kind of promotion. Would you be willing to do some kind of a limited edition sketchbook with us that we could give away at South by? And I said, that sounds great because I had been offered the opportunity to do like a book talk and then a book signing that year and I hadn't planned on going. So, uh, I said, yeah, I'm planning on going and let's, uh, let's make this happen. So, uh, we worked together and I produced some artwork, um, and they produced a short run. I think they printed 500 of these books and we gave them out at South by Southwest. Um, I think it was 2013 and they were really well received. Uh, Unfortunately there are limited editions. So, uh, there are only a few left. I think I have the last three at my house um, and every time I post pictures of them, uh, people seem to want them. So um, I've, I've actually been talking with Moleskin about could we rerun these in maybe a limited fashion and how do we go about that. So at this point, um, I'm probably going to make a MailChimp list, um, and I can uh, certainly send you a link to that to mention if people are interested in this little Moleskin. It's a pocket sketchbook. Uh, Everybody with, loves Moleskins. Yeah. And that, so what, what it is is we had some silk screening down on the cover. Uh, we got a custom paper wrap that's uh, red, and it's got the logo on there. And then inside, in the inside front cover and flap and the back cover, there's some basics for sketchnoting. So if you take it with you, it's got like a reference inside the book, which is kind of cool. Um, so we're, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be setting up a MailChimp, just a mailing list basically, to be alerted if and when we rerun these. Uh, I think there's a really good chance we would do it if we have enough people interested. So uh that's Where it's at every time I hear, every time I post so the picture of that thing, people want it. So, I think there's some uh, suggestion that maybe it could be something that would go well. So, do you do most of the
0: marketing or does Peach Pit?
1: Uh, Peach Pit does some. I mean, they have lots of books they're promoting. Um, they just added, by the way, uh, a code. If you go to peachpit.com, you can use the code sketchnote, Note, uh, which works on the handbook, it now works on the workbook too for 35% off the list price. So, that's nice. Um, but I think a lot of it is me doing guerrilla marketing. So I'm always looking for opportunities to talk with people, uh, present at events. I've got a couple of events lined up. One in DC later this month, and then in uh, in November I'll be in Amsterdam doing a talk for Design Day. So that's those are opportunities to sort of spread the broader idea of sketch noting, and then you know share the uh, share the book and lots of Twitter responses and just answering questions and sort of being out there and helping people and Of course, I've got the sketchnote army that I do with uh, Mauro Toselli, and that's really the idea there is to promote other people's sketchnote work and let people see what others are doing so they can be encouraged. So I think it's sort of a – I always think of it as a much longer-term thing. Uh, Books, if they're especially a, a sort of an evergreen book like the sketchnote handbook and workbook, are much longer they have a longer burn rate right like it's not so tied to like Photoshop 14 well then 15 comes out and now you got to rewrite the whole book uh, they're very principle oriented and the concepts uh, will last much longer than the technology that you could use so that also informed actually the production of the book I try to avoid showing lots of specific technology in there because really it's the principle of drawing and note-taking that you can apply to whatever it is you're using so uh, that being that uh, being that way, I have the luxury in some sense of taking a much longer view of the sales of the book um, and, and the intention that it would last a lot longer, and that you know i 'm still getting people that are still just buying the handbook today and it 's two years almost two years old already, so uh, I think there 's certainly uh, this approach of just thinking long term and uh, always being there to support it in and, and any way that I can um, and sending review copies to people that are interested in checking it out and writing for it. So it's kind of a guerrilla, guerrilla marketing campaign in a lot of ways. That Um, is so much work.
0: Like actually traveling to, to, you know, generate publicity to Amsterdam. Are you going to Amsterdam because you want to speak or because you think it'll be good for business?
1: I think it's all of those things. I try to look at every opportunity as like, does it fit multiple criteria? So Number one, I love to travel. I don't get to do it as much with a family. It's hard on my family when I'm gone. So I try to limit it, or if I do it, I take them with me. Um, uh, this was an opportunity to go to Amsterdam because I've heard there's a community of sketchnoters there that are really into this. So that there was one aspect I wanted to see this community and meet them uh, because I've considered maybe there should be a sketchnote workshop in Europe in a place like Amsterdam or somewhere in Germany. Those are two uh places where the sketchnoting idea is really taken off and they would be natural places to have events. So it's sort of like a scouting trip in that sense and meeting the community, which is a strong community. Um, I'm also, sp- I'm speaking at a design conference, so I'm I'm sort of being sort of the counterpoint to the other stuff or just an alternative, right? They're all talking about CSS and design and I'm talking, I'll be talking about, you know, capturing your thinking with sketchnoting as a way to document and generate ideas and other things. So it provides, you know, it's a way of me giving back to the community um, this concept and this approach that helps people use the tools of visual thinking that maybe they forget they have or just aren't using. Sure. Um, and then I, I love to travel. So, I mean, it's an opportunity to see Amsterdam and, and even meet some friends that I've made over there. So I always look at those opportunities as how can I, if, if, there, if it's possible that I can overlap lots of goals, that's a really good successful trip Um, and of course they're flying me and putting me up in a hotel and paying me. So that certainly helps too. But that's the only uh, way
0: I would travel. I would never save up and go to Amsterdam because I start to freak out once I'm so far from home that I know I can't get back if anything goes wrong. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a, I'm, I'm totally a homebody. I enjoy (laughs) it for two or three days, but after that
1: I freak out and, uh, i go, I'd go for free. I suspect, with it, but. Right if, I suspect if you told people you were available to come and see them, if they flew you and put you up and paid you, they there would probably be people that would do it. And even in the states, like places you'd want to see, so uh, you might be surprised. Yeah. yeah, but then again, it comes back to: is it something you're interested in? How is it helping? you you know, you have certain ideas about what you do and how that helps people that you want to, you know, promote. Like I have you know, it's been markdown or something. I don't know. I have been banging my head over the idea of
0: getting some marketing done i've been very busy creating mm-hmm. but then i think about all these ways that i could actually be promoting you know like everything from mailchimp mailing lists sure. and, and uh video tips and regular contact with existing customers to increase word of mouth and all of it just seems like so much work and i just end up going back and just coding
1: yeah i, I need to hire somebody yeah, it was just, that was what I was going to recommend, find someone you trust to, uh, to guide you. What do you and charge? To be, I don't know if I'm, I've got <laughs> enough stuff going on, buddy. Yeah, <laughs> I know that feeling. But I could probably uh, look around and think of some people that could help you out. But I'm sure there's people on, that listen to you that would love to make an offer to help you out too. So a lot of people that love you out there and, you know, I you need. just got to ask. I need a <laughs> patent lawyer. I need a consultation with a patent lawyer. I have, actually, I have I've actually, I've got a guy cool that does, thing. uh, that does uh copyright. So if you want to, is,
0: is copyright different than patent though, right? Yeah, I think it is, Yeah, is. Cause this is an actual physical invention that I need oh, okay. to patent before I can send it anywhere for production. Gotcha. And, uh, it's going to be so cool. I got to tell you, I like, I'll probably cut this out cause it's, okay. it's not related. That's fine. that's fine. But I, I developed with my father, a wooden prototype and decided in the end that we're actually going to produce it out of wood. Nice. It's a, it's a tool for making sure you never misplace your Apple remote. Oh, really? I lose my Apple remote like three yes. to four times a day. Yeah. And this I've been using this for two weeks now, and I haven't lost it once. And nice. it looks so good that I just want to hold it all the time. Hmm. I think it'll be popular. Yeah. I just need to figure out how I can make enough to cover production. I mean, demand. Lots to figure out. Anyway, um, all right. So you, okay, let's take a sponsor break. All right. This week's episode of Systematic has been brought to you by Smile and PDF Pen Scan Plus. It offers scanning and OCR from your iPhone and your iPad, and it's just been updated for maximum usability. You can scan directly from your mobile device, iPhone or iPad, uh, and then batch scanning is speedy with post-process image editing. Scan cropping is fast and precise, and after you OCR, Optical Character Recognition, you can preview the results and then copy the text for use anywhere else. Share your scanned PDF with embedded OCR text by email or to your favorite cloud service. PDF Pen Scan Plus is universal, so it works on both your iPhone and your iPad, and it's available on the App Store. You can also go to uh, smilesoftware.com systematic for more information. And in other exciting news, uh, Smile has just released the iOS 8 Text Expander custom keyboard, which means you can use Text Expander, which is the most awesome utility ever, in any iOS app. So thanks to Smile and PDF Pen Scan Plus for sponsoring Systematic this week. Um, what do you uh, what do you do with Markdown? You mentioned it in uh, in the beginning, and where where does this apply
1: in a book or in a book writing process that? is mostly drawings. That's really interesting. Uh, So I've I've come to Markdown slowly. Um, I've sort of half used it for a long time because I liked some of the elements and I use them often like uh, bullets or headings. Uh, Just recently, probably within the last year, I played around with doing my blog posts all, like I forced myself to do everything like links and everything with Markdown and I kind of found it actually enjoyable. Like I was, I was, so I know enough HTML that uh, it was easier just to drop a link in there, right, and uh, but when I started using the link, specifically the linking um, that was that turned out really good, and I found it like it made a lot of sense, so I just started pushing myself to use it more um, and then when the book came along, I had used uh, writer Pro uh, well actually it was just writer back for for the handbook, and I really liked sort of the the balance of writing and formatting, like it was so minimal, that it sort of kept me away from getting noodly on formatting. Yes. Um, and often I would just write in plain text, so it fits that mental model of using just text. Uh, so I would get, you know, I would get in my uh, in my work zone. I would get some good music going, something without lyrics, and then I would sit and uh, just start writing my manuscript. I had notes, and I started with uh, I would build like a structure. About what I thought maybe would be in a chapter and then just started writing it and expanding it um, and then used um, I think I actually used mark to generate uh, generate my first word documents that I sent to uh, Peachpit because they everything runs on Word unfortunately yes um, and then get my my track changes back and so at some point you know I had to leave markdown and go to this track changes stuff yes. but uh, for generating it was really nice um, I know in this on this one I actually use my MacBook Air to write most of the manuscript but On the handbook, very often I would take my uh, Apple Bluetooth keyboard and my iPad 2 out and go to a cafe and write there because it was so portable. And I would get hours of time and just crank through all kinds of text. So um, I think, you know, the way I work is I sort of think verbally and then I turn that into visuals. That's part of the design process that I typically follow. So that's part of it. Um, Once I have actually the text that I can work from that's approved, then it's very easy for me to sit down and sort of map out on in sketches where things would go and how things would be structured. So it was really important for me to have a good, solid manuscript. And I think it also comforted uh, my editors at Peach Pit to know that I actually had something like uh, solid that they could yeah, hold absolutely. on to, right? So they it was good the, for both uh, of us. the outlines. Yeah, so um, it worked really well. We um, I went ahead and wrote it, and we made some adjustments when I did sketches. I had to adjust a little bit here and there. Uh, To make things fit. Um, Some chapters ended up being slightly longer than I expected. So I just sort of adjusted another chapter later and made it just a little bit shorter to accommodate. So having that manuscript was really helpful as sort of a first starting point. And then uh, that helped inform all the sketching that I did and helped me figure out like where things would go. And in this one, uh, for the workbook, um, I actually did mostly thumbnails. Um, On the handbook, I did I did much larger sketches that were more detailed. And in this one I because of the timing and some things that were happening, I'd accelerate the process. So my solution was to switch to thumbnails, which I often use in my design work, which simply means I'm just drawing smaller sketches that are less detailed, but they help me more quickly get through the chapters and figure out, okay, do I have enough pages? Is this all gonna fit? And that's where I discovered like, oh man, this one chapter is a little bit longer than I expected, so I need to steal from the future. And I made my own little templates uh, in Adobe Illustrator, just real simple black and white page count at the right proportion, and I printed those out, um, and I had those for sketching. So it was really handy. So you
0: said you uh, you think in like verbally first. Does this apply to all areas of design or
1: just sketch noting? I think it's um. I think in a lot of ways, I think verbally first. That's kind of weird. There, there's images in there. I think that. Um it really depends on the process. So in this case with a book I knew that there had to be text on the page to some degree. Um and with my blog posts a lot of times I see them and then I just sort of like dictate them like they're in my head and they just sort of roll out. I think Patrick Rohn has said that he has a similar process where they just sort of come out of his head onto the keyboard like I don't I often don't write outlines. Um and in some ways, I did this on did it on this book as well. But um, sometimes there's other, there's a few times where I'll start with the visual first and then go the other direction. So it really depends. But I think I've just sort of adapted because uh, in design work, you often get these design briefs or emails or something that's got specifications, software, you know, requirements that you're right. building to. So I think I've just adapted my process to think verbally. And you know, I'm I'm very much I like writing and verbal is part of. The way I think. So it's not like uh, sketchnoting doesn't really take away the verbal, it just augments it with visuals. So, in that way, it really sort of aligns well with uh, sketchnoting. You know, the idea that you're using written text and typography and drawings and icons and separators and all those elements can just be added on as needed. So I See, think it, and that, it, it aligns. That makes sense to me with
0: sketchnoting, like having that um, kind of textual verbal basis. And then expanding it with images. That's kind of like it's kind of a mind mapping philosophy. Yeah. Uh, but like in the rest of design, like when I was a designer, it always started with a vague image in my head that I mm. then elaborated on. Okay. The idea of starting most of my design projects with words is I don't know, it would be really difficult for me. Interesting. Uh unless it was like a magazine layout and then you'd want the right at least some lipsome to do it um i have uh my new process for writing blog posts is is all mind map first
1: really yeah interesting
0: and i've actually developed um actually one of my top picks has to do with this so i'll skip it for now but um
1: did you see text bundle that was a new thing you did with the ulysses guys yeah Yeah, sort of and, inter- uh, intermediate uh, format or something. Is that, to my understanding that properly? Like a package of something? Yeah, kind? it's
0: basically it's a markdown file inside of a folder. That's essentially nice. what it is. But it also contains metadata and an assets folder, and what it's going to allow. And one thing I'm working on is things like change tracking and mm. uh, and versioning and um, all kinds of uh, all kinds of extras that you just cannot accomplish in plain text. And uh, but it'll still be a plain text file that anyone on any platform can open. Interesting. So yeah, I'm Peach Pit is actually one of the first places I'm gonna, I'm going to try to get editors on board. Um, it, like in the blog world, most of the editors that I deal with are fine just getting plain Markdown files. Mm-hmm. But in the places where I have to use Word, and like you said, once you start the change tracking, there's no going back. Yeah, like it does not. It never ends up back in markdown at that point, but if you could get people to use basic tools to do change tracking on just text files, you could maintain that like no tweaking, distraction free, like just complete
1: compatibility and simplicity. I would love it. Yeah, that would be great. I I think you might uh, find challenges with people who find comfort in Word and knowing that it's you know the unknown is often scary for. Someone I know. who's using In a my for world, a though, in my world, I meet more people who are uncomfortable with Word. That's good, yeah. Except, yeah,
0: and until you get into book publishing, and yeah, I I was asked, I was working in Scrivener in Markdown when I started uh, uh, switching my book that I'm working on now over to working with the publisher, and their process uses nicest Writer, mm-hmm. and uh, and so I, I gave it a shot. I converted my file into. That format and I did I stopped writing because I was spending so much time dealing with sidebars and formatting and making sure Mm. everything followed these style guides and I wasn't getting any writing done so I took Mm. it back to text and I'm gonna get all the words out and then deal with the the layout and formatting and yeah I know that it's hard to tell what's gonna fit where but once it's done it's easily manipulatable too
1: kind of like moving uh moving thumbnails around in a notebook mm-hmm. yeah yeah that's interesting anyway. you you should i should connect you up with uh chad who does pair note he had a similar bundle where he's got a text file but his approach is um he records um the text you type along yeah, with the audio Paranaut. and then and hooks it together so uh he's got some kind of a his file format is sort of a package like that i believe so yeah well that's the beauty of max
0: is you can put an extension on a folder And then create a UTI for it that your app registers and it becomes a package. It becomes a bundle. It's really just a folder. And if you opened it on Windows, you would just get a folder with a text file in it. But, yeah, we get to see them as packages that are associated with applications and have all the benefits of that. And text is always good. Um, Yes, I agree. Let's see. Where are we? It's uh, 30 minutes in. Are your top three, uh, are they going to take some discussion? Should we start them now, or or should we we continue on Markdown?
1: I think we can. uh, I can actually uh, do a nice segue there if you'd like. Um, In fact, I saw your post about the package uh, format that you're working on, and it reminded me of Ulysses 3, which I had played with way back when I did the handbook. Um, Because I had writer, and I liked sort of the minimalist uh, style of it, I ended up using that for writing the handbook and then when the workbook came i was curious to see how uh sort of their concept of these different phases of writing would work and used it for the manuscript on uh, the workbook uh, which worked pretty well i really like their typeface choices and, and of course there's you know they have very opinionated approach to what the ui looks like which is fine um, but there's uh and i had been using of course your NVAlt. Uh, But then I discovered Ulysses 3 when you were talking about the packaging, and I started playing with a demo. And I really liked it. Like, I liked uh, being able to do a dark mode with colors and create my own colors. I actually posted uh, a theme, which I need to update, um, with, like, 80s colors on a dark background. So I was having a lot of fun, and I just kept using this demo, and it got down to, like, I don't know, five hours. 72 minutes or five hours, some, lim- some time left. And I was like, man, I'm using this app all the time. I'm just going to buy it. It was only like 44 bucks. So uh, I just recently bought the uh, full copy and I love it. I use it. Uh, I'm, in, I'm on a contract at a company. We do agile stuff. So there's lots of note taking that in my case benefits from being in text. And then I can write in Markdown and then use that to email stuff over if I take notes. So it's been working really great as a tool that uh, gives me access to my big folder full of uh, text files. Uh, but it gives me the nice ability to see colors and understand structure that way, which really syncs, syncs with me. So I really like it.
0: Yeah, I, I, I really dig um, Ulysses, especially 3. Uh, I found version 1 and 2 to be, uh, I find Scrivener very intimidating. And mm-hmm. 1 and 2 felt like they were trying to directly compete with Scrivener as far as just covering every possible feature and three is such a minimalist kind of uh like they 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 did it's very opinionated they didn't try to make something for everybody mm-hmm. they tried to make something that would work for everybody if you did it their way and that to me is not a bad philosophy in software no i agree i agree i uh, i could use uh i could adopt that with marked and just start telling people
1: what kind of markdown to use <laughs> the markdown wars of 2014 right <laughs> yeah we don't even, don't even go there right uh so yeah i i really like it i think uh when, wherever i look in that application i'm a ui designer professionally and ux designer so uh the decisions that they've made i really like oh that's that's what i would do or i really like that like uh, i really like their approach so uh kudos to the soulmen i think they did a great job with ulysses 3 i really love it
0: and the uh, the output options from Ulysses, yes, are they're they're the only current Markdown application that outputs on Mac really good uh, RTF files. Mm. And uh, spoiler alert, their uh, their process is going to be integral and in marked putting out much better uh, rich text and and word Word documents. I've been, I've been working with them it's very cool that's um, cool yeah
1: it's cool to see you guys working together
0: yeah yeah well i've I've known Max for a few years now and I've always been like I've always been on the beta list for these and I've always been intrigued by Ulysses but never really used it until this year never not like uh not like heavily to do a full mm-hmm, project mm-hmm. and I still rely on scrivener, but I really do enjoy writing in ulysses um and oh the themeability... And I'm yes. just I'm just gonna go off on this for a second. I found your uh, your theme so you can theme the editor which is what you wrote you can also theme like the PDF output using right. CSS ish syntax yes and the epub formats and the HTML output and you can create themes for each one and uh, actually there's a guy working on a version of markdown that is for stage writing and it's mm-hmm. not. It's not Fountain. You know, it's different. Have you seen Fountain at all? Yes, I have. So it's different than Fountain. It's a whole new syntax directly d- directly or uh can kind of oriented toward the needs of a a stage right. Stage writer? Sta a play a playwright. playwright. Thank you. Um and he created a set of themes for Ulysses and a set of cuz you can alter the markup too. Mm-hmm. So he created like a whole tool out of Ulysses just for this form of markdown. And it was pretty cool. That, yeah, that
1: it's more flexible than it looks at first. Yeah, I'm, that made me curious. I, I just dipped my toe in the water by just uh, – I took um, – I think it's called Blush and I made it into 80s. I fiddled around with some of the H1, H2, H3 colors. And it's not finished yet, but it was fun to do and post it up. And I've, I was looking at the uh, formatting and I thought that would be really fun to do uh, – sort of a format like that. So that's probably the next thing I'll play with.
0: Yeah. Oh man. Okay. They're good designers. I was just looking through their page and I'm jealous. I gotta redo the Mark website now. That's too cool. Um, all right. So my first pick, I think I'm going to go with clean my Mac 2. Um, I mentioned this on overtired too, but they sponsored overtired. So I decided to check out the app. Because I used to feel like these apps in general were kind of dangerous and uh, overzealous about removing system files and problematic. And so I took a look at this and it's amazing. Like it's extremely intelligent about what it removes, keeps backups, has like a database that you can update of files to never touch. And they work directly with uh, developers of major software to make sure they're not messing stuff up when when it does a cleanup. So basically it, it can scan your entire system and find everything from uh, system cache and, uh, and log files, your own like old files that are huge that you haven't touched for a year. It can clean up iPhoto and it can uninstall apps and all of their related files. Uh, it's got an extensions manager that lets you cover like growl plugins and login items and all the stuff that you would normally have to go to 50 different places for it's uh it's really impressive i'm yeah i'm enjoying uh i've run it i think three times in the last week across my my three machines
1: and been impressed every time with how uh how smart and how fast it is yeah i agree i use i just uh picked that up a few months ago and i've uh, i've got an air now with a 250 gig hard drive and i came from a 500 and that would yeah. concern me when i first did it but um Ever since I found this, uh, I just fired it up to see I've cleaned 64 gigs worth of cruft off this air. And it really helps to sort of keep things together. So I I, I endorse it as well. The problem for me is I've had a, uh, an air with the
0: 250 for three years. And at first I was like, I can do this. This is easy for the first year, <laughs> two years even. This year I started to run out of space and there are all these things that I feel like I can't live without. Mm. And I use it for like audio production. So all my logic and all Mm -hmm. the logic files are on there. Yeah. I have Photoshop on there. I have all these tools that I need and I'm out of space. Like I have 50 gigs free and I'm constantly deleting stuff. I need to, uh, I'm going to upgrade to uh, MacBook Pro Retina probably this year. Mm. Okay. I just, I need, I need a bigger hard drive or I need to figure out where it all goes when i open xcode and i'm working in xcode like space just disappears which makes sense um but then like it'll just i'll go from 60 gigs to 30 gigs like in five minutes and i'll i'll run all kinds of apps to figure out where it's going and i'll lose it, it like i haven't figured out if there's some kind of
1: like looped link in dropbox somewhere i don't know then mm. you use the um Use the synchronization, synchronization control to like turn things off. That's been my solution so far. It's just old projects. I stopped syncing them. They're out. They're out there in Dropbox, but I just don't sync them to my drive because I'm not in them every day. So that's been my solution. Yeah, but yeah,
0: yeah. I should I should consider what's in Dropbox, but Dropbox is only five gigs of my hard drive. Okay, it's um, it's apps mostly that are killing me. Mm. Apps and whatever this mysterious thirty gigs that comes and goes is.
1: Anyway, all right, so what's your second pick? Well, let's see. I've got a variety here I need to pick through. Um, I'm going to say uh, something I just used uh, just about a week and a half ago. I went with my wife uh, to New York City for several days. I did a talk, and then we hung around for the rest of the weekend, and I used a little m- new moleskin uh, called the Voyager. Um, it's a new size. It's in between the pocket size and the big size, um, it's geared for traveling, so it's got pages dedicated to things to see, things to do. Uh, but then the rest of it's just kind of an open notebook. There's lined uh, dot grid and then blank pages, so you can sort of document uh, your pro- your travels. And it fit really well with this idea of travel sketch notes that I promote in in the new workbook. So I wanted to give it a try. Um, my friends at Moleskine sent me a copy to just to give it a go, and I really liked it. It's it's different. It's got um, a brown linen cover. Uh, and as I said, I think it's a six, but I'm not certain of that. It's sort of in between the pocket and the large size, so it's sort of this middle size. And I found that size really nice. It was not too big, not too small. Um, of course, it had the pocket in the back to carry things like stubs and and uh, train cards and things. Uh, and then I just used it to to basically write what we did each day, and then sketch note like food that we had and uh, and the things that we did. So um, there's actually, I'll send you a link to uh, pictures from the book. So if, if you're interested in this book, you can check it out. Um, they also have a supporting site that I didn't really use too much where they have maps and things that you can print out um, and you can stick them into the book. So it's designed like their page sizes that you can print out and actually cut out and put in your book for an analog map or other information. So it's I think if you think of these little notebooks in creative ways, you can use them pretty well and I, I really liked it it was a lot of fun and i think it's pretty reasonably priced too
0: yeah i was just trying to find it and on the moleskin site it, it the page looks like it's broken but it's also uh if you search for it it's listed as v-o-y-a-g-e-u-r
1: right it's the french the french uh, spelling but
0: when i get to the link on my moleskin it's spelled the wrong way and i feel like
1: that's probably a bad link yeah that could be I think they have a dedicated landing page for it. Oh yeah, um, that's got uh, sort of videos about how, how they recommend you use it and stuff. So um, yeah, I I can recommend it. It was a nice uh, a nice book, nice size. I really like carrying it around. It wasn't too thick. So uh, so yeah, check that out if you're interested in using doing something for travel. It's not. Uh, of course, we used our phones for a lot of, especially getting around in the subways and seeing where we were. But having a book along was kind of nice to be able to. Take a break and, and draw and uh, note things down. So it was a nice hybrid device to have along with a phone. My parents, when we used to travel, like we'd go on family vacations, they'd make
0: us take breaks and they'd make us write down what we were doing. It's supposed to be educational. And I think I rebelled against that. Now, when I travel, I refuse to <laughs> stop and do anything. That's funny. They used to give us like uh, carbon, like Xeroxed maps so we could trace the the road trip as we went so we knew where we were yeah and in retrospect that's actually pretty cool um but in uh in the moment it was like i just want to look at the grand canyon do i have to really figure out how
1: we got here yeah probably only because they they you felt like you were made to do it right you were just reacting yeah i was i was a kid oppositional disorder right (laughs) i
0: i have that in spades yeah yes i'm much like much like my bull. If I don't want to do something, I'll just lock my feet down and just stop. Um, let's see what I was going to ask you one more thing about this notebook, but I forget because I started thinking about the Grand Canyon. I rode I rode horses down the Grand Canyon to the Havasupai village, and uh, and the they have um, the Havasupai
1: Falls. Have you ever seen this? No, I have. Uh, I was at the Grand Canyon when I was a little little kid, so I don't remember a whole lot about it. The the Havasu Falls are so clear they're
0: almost invisible. It's crazy. Like I've never seen water that clear since then. It's a like glacier fed, uh, little lake with a, I don't know, two hundred foot wow. waterfall. Wow, that'd be beautiful. It was beautiful. It was my favorite part of that road trip. I have a a um, highlighted map to show how I got there too. All right, so my next pick is Markdown related and it is called Marxico and what it is is a Evernote markdown editor and it's web-based and you get to it online at marxi.co and you can uh, you basically you sync with an Evernote account and you start writing markdown notes and it keeps track of the markdown version of your notes. But syncs the rich text HTML version to uh, Evernote. So if you make a change in Marksico, it'll sync to the version that's in Evernote, and you can always go back to uh, what's in the web app uh, and edit any note. Uh, it has has drawbacks, but to me, working in uh, in Markdown instead of in Evernote's editor
1: is more enjoyable. So this is actually a really cool little app. Do you know if it uh, will it pull like a folder of text files and stick them up there? Or does it have to be, you have to use the editor directly in a different way?
0: Oh, you mean like an import of existing yeah. files? Like, could I put NBL into it? Um, I don't think you can. Okay. I don't think there's an import. Okay. I'm looking at it, but I might be wrong. I'd have to, I'd have to dig deeper. Basically. I don't use Evernote much anymore. I love Evernote. And a lot of my consultation clients, like I th- I find myself at least once a week saying, if Evernote works for you, stick with it. Like if you're in that ecosystem, that's, yeah. you know, it's a great tool. Mm-hmm. I, I I, fell out of the ecosystem. But uh, this is, I don't know, this is enough to actually get me putting more than just travel documents back into Evernote.
1: That's really interesting because uh, I've sort of got a divided... Uh, approach So anything visual, like I take pictures of receipts that I have for yeah. business and uh, checks that I receive and all that kind of stuff, and I stick those in Evernote because they're visual. Mm-hmm. I take a picture and, you know, I get the nice document view. Uh, but then the written text that I do, um, I came from SimpleNote. I had some sync issues, so I went away from SimpleNote and went to, so like Merlin Mann does with a big folder full of text files, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, NVL can read. And, of course, now Ulysses and Writer, any anything, by word, whatever I use, can read it. Um, and I've sort of divided. That could be really... That's why I asked about that. Could could I maybe synchronize these files into it? Maybe I'll have to take a look at it and see if it maybe could work for me because that would be nice to have them and sort of... Even if it's a backup, right? Just as another place.
0: I do actually have scripts. Like, this works through the online, like, API. Mm-hmm. Whereas I have scripts on my local drive that do import and export of Markdown from Evernote. So I could feasibly set this up locally, but then you have to have Evernote running all the time to keep things in sync. And it's yeah, I I would check this out. I think it would be, I think it might, uh, might work for you. Okay. I will. But you're right. I wish there was a way to get all my NVALT notes in there just to see what would happen. But yeah, Mm. I, I will stick with NB alt alt and its (laughs) upcoming successor.
1: Interesting. Um, yeah. All right. So, your turn. All right. Uh, I've, I've got more than I can list, so I'm going to I'm gonna pick one. I'm going to stay analog here. Um, so one thing I've done this year that's been different is I've kept a daily log. I hesitate to call it a diary because, you know, you think of diary and you think of dear diary. Today I did, you know, it's not really that thing. It's more of a like an engineer's log or something where as things happen uh, or if I have tasks that I want to achieve um, or notes to remind me of doing things, I use this book that lays open next to me. And I write. Sometimes at the end of the day, I'll write what happened during the day. So in some senses, it can work like a diary. Um, and I, I got the idea from my friend Austin Cleon, and also Patrick Roan, who are both kind of doing this. And I found it really valuable. Like one of the most valuable changes that I've made this year was keeping this logbook. And I did it all through the book. Um, if I had ideas for sketch notes or anything, like even planning out the structure of the of the book, I actually is in the middle of this this logbook. Uh, it was really valuable, and um, I chose to use a Moleskine daily uh, diary, I guess they call it, uh, the large size. So this is really the big, the bigger size book, um, and the thing is really thick, which at first I was kind of like, oh, man, this thing is kind of big. Like, am I going to really want to haul this around with me? But as I've used it, i found that I've found ways to use that space, Um I've done something different in 2015, and the recommendation I have is for something called the Hobonichi Teko. Or, oh, I've seen this. Have you seen those? So it's a it's a planner, but it's a lot like it follows more the idea of a daily log. Or uh, it, it's sort of uh, it has dates in it, but it's not necessarily meant for a diary. You can use it for whatever you want. Um, it's much smaller. It's a little bit smaller. Remember, I mentioned the, the Voyager notebook is sort of an A6, I think. Um, this is just a little bit smaller. So maybe the Voyager is actually an odd size, and the Techo is actually A6. I'm not certain. But they're sort of in this in between size. They're a little bit bigger than a pocket moleskin. Um, and so I picked one of these up on recommendation from uh, Patrick Rome when I saw him on a road trip this year. And uh, it looks really cool. I'm, again, I'm having sort of this sense now that I've used this big uh, book for a, a log. To suddenly go to this smaller book, I'm really concerned about, like, am I going to have enough space? So it's actually funny to see myself later in the year, like, now I want something bigger. Um, but, of course, you just always adapt. Um, what's nice about it is it uses uh, this paper that's really super thin. So there's like 400 pages in this thing, but it's like three-quarters of an inch thick. So the paper is almost like Bible-type paper, really thin. and But it holds, uh, it'll hold um, uh, fountain pen ink, which is crazy. Uh, because of the quality of it, so um, I really like the format and the size. I'm having a leather cover made for it right now, so it'll fit with the briefcase and all the other stuff that I have. And uh, I'm excited about using it. I it's sort of driving me crazy that I can't. I have to wait till January, but uh, <laughs> the uh, the moleskin is working really really well for that. So I think it'll be interesting to do sort of some comparison between the big and the small, and what thing that I like. So maybe the year after that, I can decide which way I might go. So when it comes to uh, journaling
0: or how, wh- what's the, uh, the verb for diarying, that sounds i guess journal, horrible. journal Journaling
1: is right. Or logging, I guess.
0: Um, when it comes to that, what's the benefit to you of using a notebook over something like day one?
1: You know, I think, um, and I've thought about that too. I think I'm kind of using uh, like Ulysses and NV Alt and those tools. And then, you know, iPhone apps like ByWord to capture notes. So there's, I think those are more like I'm in a meeting, and I haven't really figured out where the line is. Um, I think as far as the log goes, it's maybe stuff that's more like like the meta things I'm thinking about. Like, oh, I need to think about this thing and talk to someone about it. No, I'll I'll note that in there. Or if something's happening that day, like, hey, today we decided that we're going to kill off the search feature and instead use a filter instead, and here's what it looks like, and then draw like a little drawing and have little notes off of it or something like that. I think now that I talk through it, um, if I feel like there's any opportunity to draw what I'm thinking, (laughs) that is where I would use a book, right? Where I can't do that, like, markdown as awesome as it is, eventually runs into limitations. Um, And the nice thing is I can do both of them, and then they sort of cross-reference. So I can have detailed notes from a meeting, and then afterwards I could sit down and sketch out, like, what direction I think I would go, and it's logged in my in my, in my logbook. So I think, um, I always think of things in a hybrid way, like, um, you know, not saying that only text notes are the true way to take notes. There's benefits to it, right? You can search it and there's all kinds of formatting you can do, but it falls down when you have to draw something. Right. And Evernote sort of tries to blend that together, right? Where you can yeah. do pictures. Um, so, you know, again, here comes Evernote. Maybe that's sort of this in between place. That everything can go. um, but I think there's some benefits and trade-offs on the other side for analog too, right? You can draw ideas out. It's more immediate. Like I don't have to turn anything on. I don't have to worry about batteries. See, that's being, the you know, benefit to me.
0: Yeah, is like when I'm out and about. There's there's nothing that's faster than having a little index card pack and just right. scraps uh, like scribbling down notes or ideas. It takes. I I I know some people are faster with their phones than I am, but. As much as I enjoy all the available editors and apps and note taking tools, if I have't if I need to get something out of my head fast, it's probably going on paper, yeah, but at the end of my day, if I want to write down what I've been working on or what I'm doing or what I'm thinking, I'm way faster on my computer
1: yeah, so maybe it's sort of a rather than think of it as an either or type of thing, maybe it's more like uh what phase am I in and what tool best fits what I'm doing so in that if i think about it from that perspective. If you're running around and doing stuff, like writing it down is the faster, more effective way in the moment. But then at the end of the day, you then may take that that card and convert it into other tasks in your task management tool or in a markdown text document right. or somewhere or, or Evernote or whatever it is, right? You can then it's sort of like a means to an end if you think of it that way. And you may actually crumple it up or recycle it or whatever, right? You may not even keep that card. It I used to got, keep a, got you. I you to keep for
0: a year. I used to keep them around in a little index box. Mm. I don't anymore. I I input it into a digital format and then I trash the card. Gotcha. Yeah. It's a temporal thing. And, but as I said it out loud, I realized that my my decision in note-taking tools is always based on speed. Yeah. That's and, a good point. And there's, you know, there's something to be said for sitting down and taking your time to write out thoughts. I think it would probably be cathartic for me. But for me, if I can't just spit them out and blaze through them, I get uh I don't know. I, I begin looking around for a faster way to do things.
1: Yeah. It just fits your your working style better. Fits my
0: hyperactive uh yeah. ADD mind. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, let's see. so the pick was the the Hobonichi Techo. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I found it. Um it was mentioned on systematic. This is how I, this is how I had heard of it. It was mentioned. Um, oh, geez. Now I lost the link. Uh, Kevin rothermo I think. Syslinks. I have a page with all of the systematic links ever. You've seen that. haven't you? no, I didn't I, know that. I you usually send that. a copy of that to guests so they can check if their picks have been done before, but okay. yeah, it was episode one Oh five. So it was just like, Eleven episodes ago, huh, interesting. That's, that's why it's fresh in my mind. Yeah, except just the link is them. already outdated.
1: Yeah, so they they have a 2015 model which just released September first. So I think they're still available. It's they're not super cheap. That's like forty bucks by the time you include all the shipping and all that stuff.
0: Or thirty one thousand three hundred twenty yeah, yen. Yeah, if
1: you want to do it in yen. Yeah. So, um, but I thought the quality, all the all the raves about quality and paper is huge, right? If you're going to do this and you want good paper, like you know 40 bucks is not too expensive to have a really compact book with really super good quality paper especially if you plan on using uh you know a fountain pen with it like there is you know it's not doesn't work real well with a whole lot of other stuff so um i don't know if i plan on doing that but uh knowing that the paper can hold up is really great all right i'm sure there are people who
0: will do that i i myself will never ever invest in a fountain pen <laughs> It's, um, um, my writing is so bad. Like it would just be embarrassing to spend more than five bucks on a pen. Mm. Although I keep a bullet pen, but I keep bullet pens for like five years at a time. Okay. Just because when I'm out there with my index cards and I need to take a note really quick, bullet pen always works for me.
1: You can, you can count it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: All right. So let's see. Wow. We're, we are running up on time. Let's see. So my last pick is once again, I thoughts X. Which is, it's one of the uh, mind mapping apps available for Mac, and it's a perfect middle ground between something like MindNode and something like Mindjet Mind Manager, uh, both price wise and capability wise. Although it's very close to Mindjet Mind Manager as far as capabilities go. And the reason I mention it today is because by the time this episode is published, we'll be very close to announcing. The integration between iThoughts X and Marked, which mm. is how I'm doing a lot of my writing right now. Because as of the latest release, you can drag an iThoughts file onto Marked on your Mac. And as you move things around in your map, the Markdown equivalent arranges in Marked. So you can write posts in a mind map by adding, you know, like levels and notes to each level. And you can see live mm-hmm. how your post is going to come out. And you can drag sections and paragraphs around and that's crazy. It is a lot of fun. And I do the same thing with um uh Mindmeister. I actually have scripts that sync alt to Mindmeister in uh export markdown for me. But this is instant. This is mm. really it's it's cool. It's the first I've I've created ways for more apps to integrate with Mark directly. And this is the first real um real integration with uh uh, Ulysses exports text bundles to Mark and and avoids uh, any permissions issues with uh, mm-hmm. included images. So that was that's an integration, but it's a convenience. This is something new and cool. And iThoughts X and uh, Toketaware have been instrumental in expanding Mark's capabilities. So that would be pick number three.
1: That would be really fascinating for a team of people like working in iThoughts X. And then having another screen up where Marked is just up like on a big screen, and you could see it actually building as you're fiddling around as a team on a mind map together. That, that would, would be really totally interesting. Totally, be awesome. That would, yeah. It, and you could do presentations and have like,
0: uh, to like to uh, uh conference, not not like presentations with slide decks and everything. But if you're working in your office, you could do a presentation and have notes output live. Like the notes that people can then take home, it, nice. Yeah, it, you could do a lot of crazy stuff. All right, so that's the end of the show. I'm calling <laughs> it time of death. Um, let's see. So you can be found. I forgot to take notes, but that's okay. You've got
1: MikeRode.com. dot com. No, Actually, road design. Road yeah. design. Yeah. R o h t e s i g n. That you can find me pretty much everywhere. That's my roaddesign. dot com is a site. Uh, active, really active on Twitter. So say hi there. It's, uh, again, Row design, same for Instagram and, and Flickr and most other places. What are you I just, on?
0: Oh, on Flickr you are, uh, Roe design.
1: Uh, in fact, I just got an invitation, uh, to, uh, what's this new thing? Elo, which I just want to look at it from a design perspective. So I'm up there now too. I don't know so, what that is. It's some new, uh, anti Facebook thing with no ads. Oh, I did it f- see that. Yeah. feels more like Twitter than Facebook to me, but, uh.
0: Yeah. It's doomed. I think from like just from listening to people talk about it it's it was like a designer community right or just yeah i I guess so yeah i mean that sounds like designer dogs but i mean like
1: it was designers that originated it and then decided to expand it yeah you know i i don't know i mean on the one hand you could look at uh, app.net and sort of how that didn't work and they had a lot more they had it 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 right
0: and it still didn't work
1: yeah so uh, i mean that's the thing though is maybe timing has something to do with it maybe the timing for this is right who knows i yeah
0: i i would welcome something aside from twitter and facebook but anyhow let's see so that covers all your contact i think and i've already got links in for the books and to
1: the uh peach pit video we didn't really talk about the video yeah that was uh that was a lot of fun it was uh it's we did a lot more this time um just to wrap it up, uh, the first book had 70 minutes. This was 2 hours and 41 minutes. So we did quite a bit more video, a lot more um, of me actually drawing things, and then I overdubbed uh, commentary on top of it so you could see what I was thinking. So uh, I think the videos turned out really great. It's all on location. It's all shot super high quality. They are by, high quality. I've seen by them. A guy. He, knows, uh, he knows what he's doing. He knows how to tell a story with video. So that's my friend Brian Arka. You can find him at uh, Bartka on Twitter so uh yeah that that's definitely it it comes with uh all the books now the workbook always comes with the video uh so that's something new it just made things easier so uh when you uh, pick up the book or the kindle or the p d f um they all come with video code so you can stream it on off the site
0: and don't forget to use
1: sketchnote
0: when you when you uh go to your cart right
1: yeah yep yeah, the 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 code sketch note gives you thirty five percent off at peach Bit, so definitely. Take advantage of that and uh, drop the price on whatever you're looking at. and Definitely say hello. I love talking with people and uh, seeing the work they do. So I'd, I'd love to see your work if you are sketchnoting. And even if you're giving it a go for the first time, I think that's the most fun. And there's a really welcoming community of sketchnoters out there that want to encourage you. Awesome. All right. And I am
0: Brett Terpstra. I'm T.T. Scoff everywhere. I'm at brettterpstra.com. And I should mention that I am currently selling t-shirts for my blog. And this is my uh, only place to promote it outside the blog. So I'm going to, uh, if you go to teespring.com slash, what was it? Uh, The Lab V2. So version two, The Lab V2. Um, You can can pick up my latest design. It's a very minimalist t-shirt. I felt like the last one got too loud. So I put it on the highest quality t-shirt they had. Small design. Go check it out. I've already met the goal, so I'm not begging anybody. They'll get printed. But, yeah, I wouldn't mind selling more. Nice. All right. You can always use another t-shirt, right? I think so. And it's (laughs) a nice, neutral, gray t-shirt, which, you know, nobody has gray t-shirts in their wardrobe already. Yeah. I wish I I was able to come up with a single color that I could, uh, you know, affordably print that would please everybody, but... You got dog owners who hate black and you got like everyone else who hates white and blues only look good on a certain segment
1: of the population. It's a, it's tough. I think gray is probably your color. So you chose well. (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) All right. Well, uh, thanks for being here, Mike. Thanks for
0: having me. It's been a lot of fun. Enjoy the fall. I will. And we'll talk to everybody in a week.
1: See you guys.